commenting on the book of Hosea, H.D. Beebe wrote in the 11th chapter, We penetrate deeper into the heart and mind of God than anywhere in the Old Testament. For those who have been trying to reconcile what they perceive to be a God of judgment in the Old Testament and a God of grace in the New, perhaps this is your answer. Listen to the prophet Hosea. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities. It consumes their oracle priests and devours because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me the Most High they call. But He does not raise them up. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. They shall go after the Lord, who roars like a lion. When he roars, his children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria. And I will return them to their homes, says the Lord. Thanks be to God. The word of the Lord. Hosea reveals to us the heart and mind of God. That they are more like those of a father. In Hosea's prophecy, we watch the progression of fatherhood. It's a familiar progression to us. The child, when learning to walk, stumbles. And the father bends over and picks him up. The child is hungry, and the father feeds her. But those kindnesses, and many like them, are forgotten. The children do not realize how kindly they have been treated and forget the mercy they've been shown. When the child found himself in Pharaoh's grasp, the father rescued the child, but the child forgot and, 
in acts of independence and acts of rebellion, the child left the father even as the father called after him. God, through Hosea, paints a vivid picture. How many sons have left home in a fury, angry over some punishment, angry over not being allowed to do something. He jumps in the car, gravel spinning as he pulls out of the driveway. Parents are sure they did the right thing. But this behavior... And the resulting distance from him don't feel right. What's the right level of tough love, they wonder? Did we go too far? Did we not go far enough somewhere along the line? It feels like he's slipping away. They pull out the old home videos. Watch the boy toddling from parent to parent, how they cheered with those first few steps. And and then he stumbled and he fell. He wasn't hurt, but he was startled, so he cried. And they reached down, pulled him to their cheeks, held him tight. What happened to that little boy? Is he the same boy who just drove out of our driveway in a fit? unaware or unimpressed by all we have done for him. The one we so carefully named and lovingly rocked to sleep. My wife, Sally, had our children's names picked out before we ever met. (laughs) I know she did not accept my marriage proposal based on my last name but I'm pretty sure she would have rejected my proposal had my last name not gone with the name she had selected. She wanted a Mac. McIntyre's her last name. And we thought Mac Malambry would sound pretty good together, so we got married. (laughs) She wanted a Gray. Gray's her middle name, her father's middle name, somebody else along the line's middle name, so we have an Anna Gray. I was allowed to fill in the gaps. William for me, my father, my grandfather, Anna for my sister. There's a Murphy in there for Sally's middle sister. That's more about our family tree than you ever wanted to know, but we, like so many, sought to honor the people we love, the people we've come from. By using our names, we we wanted to carry on the things we've inherited from this family we've been blessed by through our children. The one thing we never discussed in all of that was what if those children turned out to be bad? What if the way they lived their lives rendered those names no longer ever usable in all the family line? We couldn't imagine that when we were imagining children. It's not as hard to imagine anymore. I'm just kidding. (laughs) When God called Hosea to prophesy, God already had Hosea's children's names picked out. 
God did not have to imagine them turning out bad. They already were bad. Or to be more fair about it, they never had a chance. They were symbols, symbols of God's children who had already drifted away, symbols of those who had forgotten the one who knelt down to pick them up when they stumbled, the one who freed them from their oppressor. They were symbols of these children, Israel, who had forgotten God. Maybe you remember Hosea's children's names. Meg read them for us last Sunday. I'm sure one of the names in that reading stuck out to you. Gomer. God told Hosea to take Gomer as his wife, and you sat there thinking, isn't Gomer a boy's name? And and who makes his daughter carry the name Gomer through life? Besides how the name sounds, some of you thought of Gomer as a male name because you knew of a couple male Gomers. You biblical scholars knew that Noah's grandson's name was Gomer. But more of you knew a different Gomer. One who rose from the rank of gas station attendant to Marine Corps enlistee, Gomer Pyle. You remember Gomer. Hosea's Gomer wasn't so innocent. God selected her for Hosea because she represented unfaithfulness. Her name, completion, means completion, as in Israel's unfaithfulness to God is complete, full. They married, and along came those children, Jezreel, Lo-Ruchamah, and Lo-Ami. You should never complain about your name again. (laughs) Jezreel means God sows, which sounds positive enough until you realize that what God was sowing in Israel was war, discord, fraction, unrest. God, Hosea, was told would punish Israel for turning to other gods, for for their complete disloyalty to the one true God, for being lukewarm toward the one true God, that the result would be they'd be defeated by another land. And there was no need in crying out to God in the midst of their despair, because along came that second child, Lo-Ruhamah, which means not Pitied. God was not going to pity Israel anymore. It had been established early on that God is a jealous God. It was not news that God wanted a monogamous relationship with Israel. God wanted steadfast loyalty from his children. Don't go running off. To other gods until you're in distress and then come running back to me, God was saying. I want to know you now in the good times as well as the bad. I've heard enough of those, God, if you're out there, it's me. I know we haven't talked in a long time, but I have a problem. Prayers. This has gone on for too long. I will not pity you when other lands attack. 
see what those other gods you've been flirting with can do for you next. Then finally, the third child appears. The one with the most troubling name of all. Lo-Ami. Not my people. Every Monday, Thursday, we're in here and the lights grow dim as we read these tenebrae readings, these darkness readings. They take us through the final hours of Jesus' life and there's a phrase in there that makes me shudder every time. It comes just after Pilate has issued his judgment about Jesus, not guilty. The bloodthirsty crowds are unsatisfied. They start chanting, crucify him, crucify him. The sad ironies abound. Those who had long resisted Caesar as their king are now turning to him to get rid of the one who is the king of kings. Pilate asks, shall I crucify your king? And then comes the line that breaks my heart more importantly, must shatter gods. The crowds cry out, we have no king but Caesar. To feel the depth of that betrayal, you have to remember that God strongly protested when Israel said they wanted a king like everybody else had one. They didn't need one because they already had a king. God was their king. Now the head of the occupying force in their land, the one who they had prayed to God to be removed, is being told, we have no king but Caesar. The only thing more heartbreaking than Israel disowning God is God disowning Israel. Name him Lo-Ami, not my people. God was pushed to his limits. And like a parent who is unsure of what to do when the child rebels or the child drifts, God is tempted to throw his hands in in the air and let that child just go away. Maybe that's what you've been waiting to hear. Some confirmation that the heart and mind of God are ones of limited patience, limited mercy, limited grace. That beneath our claims that God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love is the reality that God does indeed grow angry and that God's love will end and that He will throw us out and change the locks and that we will never be able to go home again. If that's the confirmation you've been looking for, you'll have to keep looking. But I'd rather you not. I'd rather you not stop at the God who in His anger says, call them not my people. And instead, keep looking. Because if you do, you'll recognize the God who as soon as we get out of the driveway starts running after us to call us back home. I'd rather you know the God who cannot give up on you, O love that wilt not let me go, and who watches you from the horizon, watches from the horizon for you to come back over 
every day for you to make your way home. For all the anger and disappointment and heartbreak that God feels throughout Hosea, it is God's very nature to put on those home videos and watch the child he picked up as she stumbled when learning to walk. And to know that the one who slammed the door on his way out and the one who quietly drifted away and the one who lost everything in riotous living is still, are still at their core the children who reached up toward him and God pulled toward their, his cheeks. God knows you. Whoever you are. Whatever your name because your last name will always be child of God. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, however you've been, child, you can come home. Thanks be to God.